T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Whether you're just wrapping up the night shift or on your way to start the day, we got what you need. Welcome to the morning shift. It's the most mid-team in history. A whole new way to start your day with nationally televised reporter Tiffany Blackman. Any pizza for me can be a personal. Can't wait. Former Falcons and Alabama offensive lineman Mike Johnson. I had my butt shoot by Nick Saban a few times. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. And Atlanta sports radio guru Bo Morgan. You know who I am? I'm Squid Bill. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? It's a new experience. And a new take on a sports morning show. The morning shift is on. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Now, here's Tiffany, Mike, and Bo. Good morning on this Thursday. It is the morning shift. Rob Tribble in for uh, Tiffany who's out there basking in the glory, sending it up in Las Vegas, indulging her... Uh, Darkest, deepest fantasies, I would imagine, gentlemen. Dude, I'm so upset right now. I just, what every every morning, Rob, I stop at this same gas station on the corner by my house. The look of distress on your face is like, wow, I get, I you get look a, so crestfallen. I get a massive cup of coffee at the Circle K, and it always, always delivers. And I get so excited. There's certain days when I get in here, and I'm just like, oh, man, I can't wait to sip that coffee. It's going to be so good. And I always wait until I am in this studio. Gives it plenty of time to cool off. And I always wait until I'm in the studio, and then I crack that thing open, and I get the first sip. And it's not good today. My coffee's not good, I don't man. Know what's wrong with it? It's, I don't know. It has this, like, kind of bitterness. Like, it's not fresh. Yeah, a uh, little bit bitter. Are you drinking uh, Tuesday's coffee? You I, mean, I might on, be. Okay. I might be. They're, they're really, they're actually really good about their uh, machines, man. Well, you, you should have uh, opened it up, taken a sip in the car, spilled it on you, and sued him like that woman did at McDonald's man. years ago. Unfortunate. Golly, there's nothing worse, nothing worse than waiting an hour for that thing to cool off, getting that first sip that you waited on all morning. It tastes like bile. And it's not good. <laughs> it's just as, oh, you, I invested all that time and thought process into that cup of coffee, it, and it's not good. You know, and, and you celebrate those little little moments in life, just you those do. little moments, minute, moments of joy, which are a few and far between, and it, and it just lands like a fart in church. <laughs> <laughs> what squid? What? What is it? You you look pretty dour. Dude. What's with this crew today? These hey, lips I'm, on I'm, his face. No, look, I'm great. You look uh, like you're waiting for your laxative to kick no, in over I'm, there. I've, no, that was Monday, and I think it's all out of me. Um, I'm wide awake, dude. I actually felt great when I woke up this morning. We went to the neighbor's house last night. Um, they've been out of town, so when, when they're out, uh, Amy and I take care of their dog. And uh, it's the one dog that Sprinkles actually likes, so it works what out. What kind of dog? Another little dog? 
It's a little dog, but I don't know. It's one of those, uh, I don't know, it's a white furry dog. Uh, not a poodle or anything, but it's, you know, along those lines. So somebody asked you, what kind of dog is that? All of them? Yeah, it's a white furry one. Like I don't a labradoodle know. or something? Not a labradoodle. It's a, uh, is it maybe, I don't know. I don't want to say the wrong name and get, like, you know, just persecuted by the, the listeners who had the dog. Maybe a some kind of, I don't know. I'll look it up. I'll Google a white, small, furry Big dog. Big swingers community over there in your uh, neighborhood? No, no, no. That's up the road about 10 minutes, 15 <laughs> minutes. That's um, different different golf course altogether, Rob. Um, but uh, we went over. They had, had some uh, had a bolognese sauce and some pasta and too much bread. A lot of wine last night. I actually a lot drank, of wine. I drank huh? more wine than I drank. But, but red I mean, or? Red. Oh, yeah. I'm a red guy. I don't you like too. I don't like anything. I, if it's... if. Red or nothing for me. I'm kind of the same way, actually. Yeah. And I love a good proper bolognese. Oh, great. Dude, mm-hmm. it was great. And um, you know what? We got over that six, about 845. Squid said, I think I've had enough. Squid said. So we went home. <laughs> That's a $20 fine for going third person. No, <laughs> no, you can never go wrong for going the, third person. The worst fine in our uh, offense line room when I was playing was if you got caught on film shaking slash uh, side-hugging Arthur Blank during practice. and Side-hugging? You know, like one of those yeah, things good, where, yeah. like, he, you know, like if a coach is sitting there with his papers and his practice script and he's walking and Arthur's kind of, you know, running the gauntlet down the sideline and you got that good side angle of the practice film and Arthur's shaking <laughs> hands and saying, hey, if you got caught side-hugging, I want to say it was $1,000. Wow! Side hug from well, I mean, think of the odds of that. We're gonna—it's funny because we're gonna talk about Super Bowl props later in the show, and I'm thinking about odds. Like the odds of that happening <laughs> it, it, in the entire time that that Arthur's been the owner, maybe it's happened five times. Okay, just make sure never side hug Arthur. It, that you know, what, you know what used to get me the the worst fine. It was probably the cheapest, thank God. The worst fine in Robin's line room was clapping. When like if you got like if you got beat on a pass rush and your first thing was to go, dang. It was like fifty bucks right out of your pocket. Wow, that's well, like, that's almost like a knee jerk, immediate <laughs> human reaction. Yeah, if y'all ever go to training camp and you see the lineman or anybody in any position go like this, and just air clap, is that you, know is why. that policy still in play today? I have no idea. Probably but, not. Where does that money sense. go? I've always like the, now I know that the when when for for clarification, I know when a player is fined by the league, it's like a charity or something. Sure, yeah. Where does it go though in that room? Do you guys get a dinner at the end of the year that's yeah, almost paid it's, for? It's different. It depends on what size the pot is. I know they did a they did a shopping uh, you know Christmas shopping deal one year. Um, they we did use it for a dinner another year. Uh, use it to buy something for the meeting room or locker room one time. So uh, it it's it just depends on what the pot is and who's in charge of it. It was always Sam Baker for us. Uh, and, uh, so he always, you know, Hey, I got an idea for the money and we, we kind of put it that way. So we'll see what happens, but you know, it's, it's just funny, man. I could, I could go through, we had a list of probably, probably 30, 30 different things you get fined for in our office. Wow. Room. That's just walking on eggshells, man. But it, I mean, it was, it was so funny. So funny. <laughs> we had a, you know, we had the, um, and I don't want to go too far out of pocket, but we had a fine that was, it was quote unquote for like racism, but it would be for when our, when our office line coach would be like, you know, he's a. He's a headsy guy. He's a you know, ah, the coach. He's a student of the game. <laughs> Coach's like, son. Ah, yep, Jim Rat. Put him up. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize on. you guys talked about Croy Bearman that much in your, in your <laughs> oh, Why wouldn't we? No. He's, uh, no, man. Always always watching film from other teams. It's always funny, man. We I'll probably think of more throughout the show today, but I'll try to just to to shine some light when I 
when I can, but it was always fun. We need to get those funny. on this show, some fines. There's some, you know, the person, I think we could really make some money off the person that sits in Rob's seat normally because <laughs> she's got some habits that she has that we could probably get her fined for. <laughs> like what? What were they? Oh, I'm not going to call people out on the air. No, just well, one. I, try, I, tried to, I tried to get him as a fine for when he says, by the way. And uh, we, we were just we just need to establish, you know now. Well, it's when not, you say it's not honestly, money over it's not a, it's not a coin jar. I, I'll give you one. About three out of five days a week, Tiffany will look at me and say, and by it'll be like Tuesday or whatever. I stopped. It'll be <laughs> you like, said, it'll be you like I air clap, I air clap. But it'll be like a Tuesday or whatever, and, and Tiffany will go, "What's today?" Uh, as soon as the, like the music's playing, the show opens playing, and she'll look at me out there. Hey, is is it a Thursday? <laughs> Happy Tuesday! I'm like, the morning it's show. Tuesday. <laughs> like, what are you doing? So that lovely young woman is already suffering from early onset dementia. Oh, oh I man. think I think it's just wishful thinking. <laughs> That's right. If, will it into existence? If I say it's Thursday, that means I only have to come in one more time this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no. Well, gentlemen, today is in fact Thursday, which is the uh, NBA trade trade deadline, three o'clock. So about what eight hours, forty nine minutes from now, and. Uh, all sides pointed to the Hawks doing absolutely nothing, but there was a rumor, gentlemen, with the uh, with that team from uh, New Orleans, I believe, right, involving uh, Jante Murray, maybe even uh, Kongu, Clint Capella. Just mere rumors, though. It looks like there was no tangible uh, progress made in these talks. Well, if if, if I'm if I'm uh, you know whoever's making the decisions, I don't know, you know Landry Fields, whoever whoever's making the decisions. If I'm a wrestler's son, who knows? I, I here's here's the one thing I do know, Rob, and it's because I followed his career because he's he played at Alabama. Herb Jones plays for New Orleans. He is an elite defender, and there's no two ways about that. He's been that way. I think he was actually from Tuscaloosa. God, how he's, handy would he be in Atlanta? That's my thing. So I don't know if if it were me and I was a decision maker, I'd be asking New Orleans. What does it take to get him in the fold, right? So I think you see DeJounte and Clint and Anyeka and all these different names thrown around. If it was me, I'd be going, which one of these guys do you want to get a Herb Jones in here in the in the fold at the forward position? I don't know, uh, you know, contract-wise and other of those things, I, I don't know how that kind of fits, and I don't know what exactly you want to do there. And I don't, I don't especially know what New Orleans is looking for. I guess a big man. Uh, but I, I would, that, that would be my thought process as you move throughout the day. Yeah, I don't think anything's happening. I, I just don't think they're going to get what they want. No. And I think it's a, such a bad look if you trade DeJounte. You're just trading to trade at that point. For seemingly, well. Don't mistake activity for achievement, gentlemen. Yeah. It, it's, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I'm not saying be patient, Hawks fans. I'm not, t- I'm not saying anything. What I'm telling you is, is don't give up stuff just to do it, as you said. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, we'll keep you posted in, in case it, something happens, which is, uh, don't feel like it's going to, though. All right, coming up next, Falcons have some thinking to do, and uh, they have to prioritize some uh, free agents, and there's one who hasn't even spoken to his new head coach yet. It's coming up next on the morning shift. Triple in for Tiffany, Sports Radio, 1990 Game. Get your day started. Go ahead. With the morning shift. Time for the show on Sports Radio, 929 The Game. This hour brought to you by Morgan & Morgan. Injured, are you? Hire Morgan & Morgan, America's largest injury law firm. Yep, triple in for uh, Tiffany on the morning shift. And now, since we've uh, introduced uh, Raheem Morris, now the real work begins, gentlemen. And there's about ten prominent names that are going to be free, agent, free agents on this uh, Falcons roster. And uh, 
One that comes to mind for me, Calais Campbell. He, he's not sure whether he's coming back or not. I hope he does because he looked really good last year. He was moving quite well for an old man. He's not even, as of right now, from what I've heard, he's not even spoken to Raheem Morris yet. Well, I, I think that he's one of those guys that definitely fit what Ryan Nielsen wanted to do really, really well. And we talked about it all offseason leading up to it. And you love the fact that they were able to kind of put Zach Harrison behind him for the most part of the year. And he came on strong. Remember, it took a few weeks before he got to that, you know, that sack that got him over the century mark for his career. And then, and then he ends with, a, I think, a team tying uh, six and a half on the year, which is a lot of it came in December. And a lot of it came in the stretch run where he was really violent up front. He played a little more interior, uh, did some nose guard stuff in the nickel package. And he's just a savvy dude, man. He's a big body guy. He is a, uh, you know, He's a legend in a lot of NFL circles, and he's a guy that I think would, you know, any team would be better off having in the fold. I just don't know schematically, uh, you know, what Raheem is going to be trying to accomplish or what you're going to want to do with Clays. And I think that he is, I think at this point in his career, Clays obviously wants to win, but I think he's going to be probably very specific about what exactly he wants to do within these defenses and uh, what he's being asked to do by the defense coordinator. So we'll keep an eye on that. I know, Squid, you, you, You've got some uh, priorities here. Let's let's go down the list real quick. Well, right. Calais Campbell, Bud Dupree, Jeff Okuda, Mac Collins, Contavious Street, Corderell Patterson, Trey Flowers, Nicole Pruitt, Van Jefferson, and Corderell Hodge. Yeah, if you're talking about defense alone, I, you know, and, and obviously Josh Kendall did this. He doesn't put to me the biggest name. Now this is an exclusive rights free agent. But Nate Lamon, to me, is the number one guy on this team that you need to re-sign. Whatever you – I thought it was interesting that Fontenot mentioned – I think it was Fontenot that mentioned about the fact that having Troy Anderson back means they can do more with Caden Ellis. And I'm not 100% sure where – what all they want to do with him. I would think that maybe it means you could do more with Troy Anderson. But there's – I have to imagine there's got to be a role for Nate Lamon on this team. It – just what if Troy Anderson comes back and he's just not the player that you wanted, or you find out, hey, this is a guy that I could use as this or or that, or, or maybe he could be, I hate the term, but like a Swiss Army enough where you could use him in coverage also as a guy that you can bring off the edge because of his power, his size, and his speed. I don't know. You might be able to find different roles. I'm not going to say exclusively, but you could use him in a, in a few different ways. But to me, Nate Lamon. But I think Kentavious Street's another guy. We mentioned Calais, 100% on Calais. I love to have him back. Kentavious Street, you got worse as the season went on against the Rush, Rob, because Anya Mata was hurt for a stretch. Grady was out. But then when Kentavious Street went down, there was I think it was a Tampa Bay game, and he went down. When he went down, all of a sudden in that second half, they got footing in the run game. And they started gashing you, and that's where – the whole season took a turn in that game because you lose that game and then you go drop the Carolina game. You know, everything plays out, but that was a big turning point. So Contavia Street is a really big name for me as well. I, it's it's funny going up and down this because I think I think some of these are valued higher and some of them are you know will not be valued very high. I think a sleeper pick for a guy that is to me a, a shoe in to be brought back for better or worse, and no matter what you think of him and the position he's designed for, is Mac Hollins. Matt Collins came here on a one-year deal from, I think he was coming out of Vegas last year. Um, you had some familiarity. He had a big frame. He didn't do what you thought he would do offensively. He kind of asserts himself on special teams. Of it. He's a special teamer. He is a gunner. When we when he was out, the special teams, when you add in the fact they brought back Marquise Williams, the special team coordinator, 
I have to think that, that that Matt Collins is at the top of his list in terms of guys that he wants to be part of this special teams unit moving forward. And so, it will, you know, we'll continue to break down offense, defense, but all that aside, I, I think Matt Collins is a guy you should be able to get pretty cheap and that gives you a lot on special teams and gives you some size and depth um, offensively for what yeah. you're looking for. Yeah, so. he's a little bit of a special teams demon, honestly. I mean, he is just he plays with his hair on fire on special teams. Unbelievably good at that. And you did lose that when he was out. It'll be interesting to me, too. I'm just looking at this list. Okuda, uh, you know, Josh Kendall's got Okuda at number three, and he's got Trey Flowers at seven. You're going to have to figure you, – you have to figure out the the both corner and wide receiver. And it, it sounds funny to say that because how many times leading up the draft and, and in free agency we're going to say, well, we need a quarterback and need an edge rusher. The biggest holes on this team are at wide receiver and at corner other than quarterback, right? So you have to find some of that depth. That you you got value out of Jeff Okuda at the end of the year, Clark Phillips slid into that, right? You tried to find he was value. a pleasant surprise for me. He was. You tried to find value out of Van Jefferson. You tried to find value out of Kadero Hodge. You tried to find value out of Matt Collins. You need a wide receiver, but, so you're going to have to add to that as well. And it's perfect timing with all these guys as free agents in the wide receiver room because you you know maybe Zach Robinson and this offensive staff don't want their receivers to all be six five six four and not run as great as, you know, a lot in the league. Maybe they want one guy to be 6'1", shifty, and really quick. I, I don't know. I mean, we, we have to see. They have the big, have the big guy in Drake already, a big-bodied guy. Maybe they want one more, but they I'm sure there's a need for a, a true kind of shifty, good route-running slot guy. So when we talked about – Well, they tried to get Scotty Miller to take the top off the defense. He does have speed. He didn't really assert himself that much. Well, they didn't use him enough. They didn't put him in the right situations yeah. at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like the way they use. Honestly, I didn't like the way they use Scotty Moore most of the year. I would say, but I but but let me just say this: if he was open deep ten times, they may they might have thrown it to him twice, and maybe uh, you know, they just no matter what happened, either Desmond or Taylor didn't find him, they overthrew him or underthrew him, or he caught the ball. You know what I mean? Like it seemed like more <laughs> more times than not, it didn't feel like he wasn't open. It, or you know, just when he was asked to go deep, and they started doing the you know little trickle motions where they're kind of motioning him left or right, and he's able to kind of get a little bit of run-ahead start like you saw in Miami with Tyreek Hill and that they like doing. I think that there's I think there's a future for him in that spot, and, you know, he was given a little bit of longevity when he was brought here, but I just still think you're looking for that guy, and and we've brought up a number of, uh, you know, second to third round guys in, in the draft that could be that twitchy, tight red wide receiver. Unless you really think that Jeff Okuda was hurt at the end of the year and it wasn't about play, I don't see how he's third on the list. Maybe Josh talked to somebody. Maybe he's going off the Jerry Gray thing. I don't. I don't. You know, I, I was looking it up, and uh, Mike and I were talking about this. And the 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 contract value of a guy like him, if you signed him to a deal, I don't. Uh, that's the other thing. We don't know what he's see, seeking. He's out of his rookie deal now. So does he want three or four years? Because if he sure does, I'm sure he'd love that. If he does, that's that's his market value. Market value is a term you're going to hear a lot because that is what guys can get on the open market for how he has played. That's about $14.5 million a year. That's the uh, AAV. That's what you get. When you have long corners, that's what you're going to be That's what you're going to be paying for. I'm paying one guy that much money in the secondary well, right you now. You get bang for your buck for that with him. And, and Well, you know, A.J. Terrell is the guy mm-hmm. that, that I'm going to pay something along that. And I think A.J. is probably going to get more about 18 a year. Whether you like it or not, we can complain about him or not, but he's one of the better corners you've had in the last, uh, I don't know, how long, 10 years? 
True Font had two years. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's there's been ups and downs. And remember, he's done it behind a Jekyll and Hyde type pass rush. One game yeah. you might have six sacks, and the next game you you might not have a, a two sacks the next three games. Yeah. It, Here's how I feel about AJ all along. Is AJ the lockdown corner? Was he this past year that uh, you know that many wanted him to be? Probably not. But no matter how you slice it, AJ Terrell is a top, let's say top thirty-five, top forty corner in the NFL. And if you don't give him the money that he wants and he finds it somewhere else, you might not have anybody in the top hundred at that point. So no matter what you think of what he should be paid. He's going to get what he wants. A lot of people don't think about it that way, but that's true. It's, it, it's, well, no he's not that it. guy. Well, you know, there's not a lot of those out there available. So it, it, you might be happy time, with keeping what you have. The Jeff Okuda thing, I mean, now we don't know that Mike Evans is back in Tampa or some of these other guys that, you know. Uh, but when you look at the Jeff Okuda thing, if he's being replaced by Clark Phillips, how often do you want Clark Phillips matched up with those two guys down in Tampa? Well, and, and that's just the nature of the beast. It didn't. It wasn't terrible that last game. He did a pretty decent job. They held Mac Evans to like I think maybe a catch or two. He didn't have a catch till the third quarter. Yeah, uh, you know, look, AJ Terrell has been that guy at times. So we can't just say we don't want to pay guys and then they walk away and they go somewhere else and then be I mad agree. that they went somewhere else and, and performed. I agree. All right, coming up next in uh, TV's timeout. We're going to have a history lesson, gentlemen. I like history lessons. Are you going to go Abe Lincoln on us? And I think you'll enjoy this. You're going to enjoy this. Well, we're scoring seven years ago. No, that, I know that's your fetish and all, but no, we're not doing that today. <laughs> that's coming up next Mahogany. on the morning shift. Mahogany. Artichoke. Sports Radio 9 to 9 again. It's more than just sports talk. This is the morning shift. I'm in. Me too. On Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Now listen up. Now let's take a look at what's going on in Tiffany's world. This ain't fun. With TB's timeout on the morning shift. Brought to you by MaximumCashHomeBuyers.com. Fair cash offers for as-is homes. Don't waste your time with repairs. Call 678-902-2000. Rob Triple in for uh, Tiffany. And gentlemen, we have an interesting uh, this day in history. A lot of interesting thing happened. This day, 1936, the first ever NFL draft. And who was that first pick? None other than the first guy to ever win the Heisman Trophy, uh, Jay Burwanger. He was selected by the Eagles. His rights were sold to Chicago. Never played it down in the NFL. Were they the Staley's back then, the, the Chicago team? I, mean, I feel like that's uh... – uh, I think they were the Bears at that point. Wait, what did he do? Did he go, like, play he – uh... He went and played rugby, started his own business – and also became a Big Ten official, did a bunch of those games and a couple of Rose Bowls as well. Really? So there was, yeah. Did you say he was a Heisman winner? Yeah, yeah. the and first one, the first ever. Official. Yeah. Boy, that's First ever that's draft awesome. pick, first ever Heisman winner, didn't play in the NFL. <laughs> Remember, the Heisman didn't have Nissan commercials back then, so <laughs> no. there was that's no Heisman though. house. Can you imagine, I mean, like, I mean, I'm just trying to think of in terms of right now, just pick out a Heisman winner. Can you imagine, like, uh, I don't know, Desmond Howard like, yep. doing, a, you know, being the Big Ten official? Like, uh, no, nah, I'm going to go. I'm going to learn learn how to code. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine Mark Ingram being like, first down. Well, of course, back then, if you were a good player, you played both ways. Oh, for and sure. And there was a certain uh, guy that played center for the Michigan Wolverines, and Burwanger just inflicted a, a big gash on his face. That guy was uh, Gerald Ford, who, of course, later became a president. And, uh, he said in his latter days, Gerald Ford said, I think about Jay Burwanger every day when I shave because he still had that scar from wow. what Burwanger inflicted on wow. him. This day in 1963, Dallas Texans become the Kansas City Chiefs. 
that true? Yep. Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. How about this? And I thought this was almost a, a joke and, and kind of a, a troll. 1986 NBA Slam Dunk Competition. We heard all week about Spud Webb at five foot seven. What does he do? He goes out there, and it, it was nothing. It's probably one of the most amazing things I have ever seen. A guy like a five foot seven guy winning the NBA Slam Dunk Competition. Springs in his legs. It, it was it was crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, when when uh, to go back to the Dallas Texans thing, when Jerry Jones bought the Dallas Cowboys, they had had only one coach in their history. And that was Tom Landry. Uh, Tom Landry, yeah. Well, that was a that was a. That was a thing, too. Came in and fired and brings in Jimmy Johnson. They struggled big time until the Herschel Walker trade, where I think they got. They're still getting draft picks. They're still getting draft picks from the Herschel Walker trade, which is a stroke of genius by uh, Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, certainly. one in 15 that first year. One in 15. A lot of people are starting to have doubts about Troy Aikman, too. Uh-huh. Troy Aikman was having doubts about was it. Troy Aikman had to be embalmed after every game, basically. Wasn't Steve Walsh on that, on that team? I think the, he the was. Quarterback? Yep. They, or they yep. drafted Steve Walsh yep. the next year. Like it was a whole quarter. People forget there was a little bit of a quarterback controversy with Aitman and Walsh at there some was. point in time. Yeah. A little bit of time. I read, I read uh, that Dallas Cowboy book. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting story about Troy Aitman. Of course, he initially was at Oklahoma. Jimmy Johnson tried. Jimmy Johnson was uh, at Oklahoma State at the time, tried to get Troy. Troy goes to Oklahoma. Then Troy goes to uh, UCLA. But then of course he ended up Wasn't back a, together. Was Barry Switzer at Oklahoma? He was. He was. He was. And and they were still and they were not going to move off of that uh, wishbone option offense that they ran back then. And that was one of the reasons that Troy transferred to UCLA. And you know how quarterback is the most scrutinized position as far as prospects go. They poke and prod. If you read Troy Aikman's draft evaluation, it was almost perfect. Perfect as far as his command and everything else, and just the, of course his arm and just. His leadership, and a good story is, um, I forgot who it was. I think it was uh, Daryl Johnson. He was talking about, you know, there's a lot of big personalities in that huddle in Dallas. You know, Michael Irvin and all, all the guys, you you know, I'm open. Throw me the ball. Everybody's chirping, chirping, chirping in the huddle. Troy Aikman comes to the huddle, dead quiet. You're a pin drop. That's says how much lot. I respect he uh, commanded right there. Yeah. Says a lot. Isn't, it, isn't it funny thinking, thinking back? I think we're almost, we almost have too much of a light shed on the draft at this point as far as quarterbacks go. If you think back to the conversations we were having uh, just under a year ago about Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and Will Levis and everybody else in that in that draft, and you know the the things start leaking out about C.J. Stroud's testing, and in the end, you know that usually only one, maybe two of those guys that are first round quarterbacks are going to be good, and you're just trying to guess which one of them's going to be. And I think a lot of people at the end of that process would have said C.J. Stroud might have been the least likely. You know, just under a year ago, it felt like C.J. Stroud was slipping and falling, and maybe he's going to fall to the middle around, and yet he went off this year. Oh, yeah. It's just all about the situation. Well, and you and absolutely, we absolutely overanalyze things these days. I mean, we – And they still don't get it right a lot of yeah. times, too. Well, it's like Drake May. Like, I, I told you, the Drake May stuff is, well, you know, he didn't have a great year. Well, the team wasn't as good. Yeah, but yeah, but no, no, he, he wasn't as good. Like, we start – Whatever you think he will or won't be, we overanalyze these players to the extent. We're doing it with Caleb. Some people are doing it with Caleb Williams too. I don't know, man. I, I, Why did I don't, he win more in college? I don't. Well, I didn't like he didn't. He, I didn't like his, his fingernails being painted. I didn't like he didn't go to that prep. Like we scrutinize every little thing, and it. And, and these teams don't think these teams don't do it as well. And just a mild indiscretion. You want to. 
fans want to give him the death penalty for it, you know? That's yeah. what I was saying. There's too, there's too many eyes on these situations where, they're, you know, if everybody thinks they're an insider. They're, there's so much money to be had as far as NFL coverage and things like that go, and, and everybody wants to be the first to have this take or this pick or whatever. This is going to be the guy. This guy's going to jump up. This guy's going to fall. It, dude, it's it's about everything surrounding these guys. What is the scheme? What is the situation? What is good? And now the thing is, now a guy like C.J. Stroud, who has that success in his back pocket, now all of a sudden things like you're talking about, like Troy Aikman, now all of a sudden you get in a huddle. Let's say they draft somebody, you know, a, a running back this year. You get in the huddle, and you're looking at C.J. Stroud going, I'm going to listen to C.J. Stroud. Yep. Right? It's a snowball effect where all of a sudden those guys have a little success. You count on them. They're the consistent in your life. And you're going to look at them well, and give them the utmost respect. You always know you you've got to if you're if you're having a conversation or debate. You always know that you've won the conversation or the guys running out of things to say. If he goes, yeah, but he's a winner. I mean, he's a winner. Look, I just he just wins. Uh, he's he, a winner. Oh, okay. All right. There we go. Uh, Tim Tebow was a winner. There, there, listen, there was a lot of people in Carolina that said that last year when you when you drafted Bryce Young. Well, he's a winner. Well. Yeah, I would have liked that they. So I would like they would have talked more about the intelligence factor, the football IQ that Bryce Young had. I, I, look, don't just Bryce Young to me. You don't. He's an unknown, but he could. Don't be surprised if he doesn't have a Trevor Lawrence type year two, to where if he gets the if, if he if Dave Canales is the right coach, and I'm not saying they're gonna make the playoffs, they're gonna win a playoff. I'm not saying that. I'm saying. If he figures it out, it, 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 it it's not all about him just figuring it out and the game slowing down. It has a lot to do with the situation. There was a lot of turmoil around him last year. Well, you, you, ironically enough, the, the thing that Bryce Young needs more than anything is what Carolina traded away to actually get him to Carolina, and that's a DJ Moore. And he needs that elite wide receiver, that, that St. Brown kind of guy, the Debo kind of guy that you can get the ball out now and he can make something happen. And well, uh, that's what he's going to need over there if he's going to be successful in the long run. Saw my draft had them getting Lad McConkey in the second round with their first pick in the second round. A lot of people are thinking uh, Lad kind of uh, may have vaulted himself into day one with his performance. I don't know. I love Lad McConkey. I, 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 I think the, the, the injury know. concerns there, I, I, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough for t- to sell anybody on that when he, you know, he had the ups and downs with the back. I'm a huge fan of his as well. I just don't know that with those injury concerns that you're going to think, uh, you know, top-round pick. Have you known guys that are seemingly injury-prone earlier in their career and then they finally got to a point where they could stay healthy? Or once injured, Stuff. always injured, well, always a propensity yeah. Christian, to get injured. Christian McCaffrey yeah. I'm, I'm came out hot. I'm not a good guy to ask that. <laughs> yeah, but, but look, Christian McCaffrey came out red hot, and then for, what, three years, guy could not – he signs a new contract as he's starting to have them, and then the next two years he can't stay healthy – wasn't overly healthy the in the beginning of last year. Then they uh, in 23, 22, excuse me, and they traded him to San Francisco, and you ever heard a peep out of him about health? Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden now he's this healthy guy that's. Well, you playing. know why? Because he's he doesn't have to touch the ball fifty times a game. Well, There's no, a lot to be said for that. That's he a was, very he good to, point. He was a guy in Carolina. Very Here's good what point. I'll tell y'all: a lot of people don't understand about these kind of situations, though. A lot of this has to do with your trainer, like the expectations that your trainer is setting. Uh, and and when you get in these settings with these athletic trainers, some of them are just straight up more aggressive. Like, hey, you be back in six weeks. Where there are some trainers that maybe haven't been in the league very long. Maybe they're kind of watching their own back. Maybe they don't want to be on the hook for a twenty million dollar player who might you know might get re injured in two months. Maybe the team is you know two and four at the time when you pull a hamstring, and they're going, nah, buddy, <laughs> you're out three months. You ain't move. You ain't touching the field. So. 
I think you get to a place like San Francisco, you get a good trainer around yep. a good team, and all of a sudden he wants to compete and wants to be back that much more. And the trainer's like, you know what, man? If you if you want to test it out in four weeks, you can do that. A lot of that goes into a lot of the decision-making you, process for a guy like Christian. You say trainer, but how much of that has to do with not only the trainer, but look at the other side, and you're per person talk about this, the conditioning coach, strength and conditioning coach, the nutritionist, right? All those things, don't they play a factor in that as well? There's no doubt about that. And this, the, the strength and conditioning coach is such a big part of, especially for the muscle things, right? Like you talk about groins or, or obliques or anything like that. Strength and conditioning coach will play a massive part into getting those guys back right. All right. And on this day in 1981, a guy named Mike, Peter, Bill, and Michael got together in Smyrna. R.E.M. First appearance together in a studio, Bombay Studios in Smyrna. Whatever happened to those guys? They make any? Things <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think one of them well, opened some kind of restaurant in Athens or something. Yeah, Who knows? Maybe a bar. Who knows? <laughs> college soundtrack for me, man. This is this really? is college for me. Yeah, all alternative music, absolutely. This was. Um, you think about it, this is a little bit out of its. I have the ordinary for that that frame. I feel like, because so like this this music never really went away. Like what they've done is, people are still kind of doing this. Oh, type. of course, yeah. Well, they're trailblazers in a lot like, of ways. Like, that's what I mean. Like you know, th- th- this survived the whole grunge, the whole hair band. Well, you know who liked REM? Kurt Cobain loved REM. He and Michael Stipe were uh, they were great friends actually. All right, we're gonna come back. Oh, first of all, hour brought to you by Morgan and Morgan injured. Hire Morgan & Morgan, America's largest injury law firm. Hey, we got Usher tickets to give away as well. Coming up, top of the hour, Falcon Free Agency. There's a lot of work to do to uh, kind of hone this roster for the start of the Raheem Morris administration. That's next on the Morning Shift, Sports Radio, 99 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. What are the haps? 
Start the day the right way with the morning shift. With Tiffany, Mike, and Bo. All right. All right. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Star brought to you by Zero Res Smart Lasting Clean. And Zero Res, gentlemen, would have come in handy because I didn't get to this on this date back in uh, 1586. Uh, Mary Queen of Scots is that was executed. Is that Bloody Mary? Yes. You know why it was so bloody? Because uh, it was kind of a botched execution. You know, normally it's kind of a clean beheading. Well, the first strike hit her like midway up the back of her head. It took three times for them to finally uh, behead her. I guess they used an intern that day. The regular executioner called in. Can't do it today. It's like, all right, kid, it's your shot. Or he was drunk when he got the call. He'd been in a tavern somewhere. Forgot to sharpen it on purpose. (laughs) Now, why did she get executed? She uh, plotted to uh, assassinate uh, Queen Elizabeth. She had an illegitimate claim to the uh, British throne, and that's, I think she's like in prison for like 18 years or something like that. So there you go. It's one of those, where were you when it happened? <laughs> was that like the, the other Borling girl uh, story? Was that? Uh, you're talking about Anne Boleyn? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. Bloody, bloody yes. execution. Though. Asking, I think you're asking the wrong three dudes. Maybe Rob. Rob, oh, Rob might know. Well, I, I brought I it up. So <laughs> I, <Yeah. laughs> I know things here and there, but uh, a lifetime of uh, my particular lifestyle, you know, the gray matter isn't what it was. I should do the fasting. That third day, I think I'd be clear as a bell. The clarity would be amazing. Let me it? tell you something. I would have. Let me tell you something. I would have loved to have done that with you to hear your, see your text about how angry you. I, I want to eat something. I want to drink. But you know what? You would. You'd come. You would be shot out of a cannon the third day, because <laughs> I was like I felt that that last day when I woke up and I had what like. I wake up at 3 every morning, so I had to get to noon without eating it. I was so wide awake, had so much clarity, and now I'm back to, uh, uh, and, um, okay, what? Yeah, so I'm butchering stuff again. But, but man, I was good for that, that two days, you know, day, that last day, and then the next day, I was great. You should do it. I don't know, man, because I, I, I really do get hangry, and I will fixate on how hungry I am. Just drink water every time you get hungry. The water will fill you up. You'll be fine. I'll try to I'll try to do it with you if you do it. I tried to do it with Bo last week, and about 24 hours in, I was dog sick because I got my my daughter's stomach virus and couldn't get off the floor. Oh, really? You tried to? I was yeah. gonna do it with him. I was gonna do it with him, Rob. Maybe and, maybe uh, it made you sick. I kept every every time I felt sick, I kept thinking it was the the cleanse. And then after a while, the things that started happening to me, I was like, like nope, uh-oh. this is not part of the mm. cleanse. This is uh, you just had absolute havoc. That was reeking in your physiology. I'm like, all right, I need a sandwich. Sandwich, please. Somebody bring me a sandwich. What do you guys want to talk a little more free agency show? Let's do it. Right? What is your big priority? What do you think the fun about, like I said, edge rusher, receiver, supplement, well, supplement secondary? I mean, part of, part of free agency that we forget about is getting some of the uh, – sometimes you have to retain your own players. You can't get – just because – you can't get weaker in another area and then just and improve it in, in one area and then get weaker in another and say, well, we're better. Yeah, because, you can't say we're ready to win now. Yeah, and ten of those guys walk out the door. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so really we got our edge rusher at all as well. A quarterback away, and then yeah, yeah. And, and all of a sudden, so just like every NBA pl- team is one player away. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, Calais Campbell's an answer on the list. I think Nate Lambin though. Now he's an exclusive rights free agent. So the Falcons, to my knowledge, are the only team that, uh, and I have to read hundred percent up, but they're the only team that can negotiate with him. Uh, and so he should be back. So it's probably why he's down on the list. But he has to be back. 
You need Lamon, you need Caden Ellis, you need Troy Anderson healthy. Boom. There you go. On that, I do think Calais Campbell and Bud Dupree defensively are two guys that you would like to have back. They're not going to be break-the-bank type players, but that's, what, 13 or 14 sacks that you would let walk out the door? Right. And that's where Terry Fano did some pretty good work there. What do they call the uh, – y'all have to help me out. There's a, there's a situation in the NFL, not a situation. Part of the NFL CBA is that when a guy who is on a rookie deal um, and plays a lot, they actually get paid money for for how much they they played during the season. I can't remember the name. The like an incentive that. based thing, right? But it's 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 structured in the CBA. It's not part of their contract, right? So it's it's part of uh, it, it's. Part, I have to think that Lamon in that light will get absolutely broke off um, because I think it's uh, the less money you're making, the more you're eligible for, or something like that. So. Keep turning my mic off. I thought I turned it on. It was off. The, technically, he was in his second year last year, though. I, I I think because he actually played some of the NFL. But I think it's part of the rookie your rookie contract is what I'm saying. I, I think it's. But I don't I'm think about that. I don't think he's under one because he was an undrafted free agent, and I think he was on a one year deal. I think I don't think he. Um, I don't think he falls under that. Like I just don't think that's something that that he will get because of undrafted. And then he signed a one-year deal, so technically, I don't even think he would be under his rookie deal. That Entry, makes sense. In, well, this is a that's a different one right there. I I, I want to get back in this conversation too because my question would be of this list, and we're talking about Josh Kendall's list that he had on the Athletic yesterday. My question would be, and, and I'll go through it one more time for anybody that's just now tuning in, that his top ten list of unrestricted free agents for the Atlanta Falcons. One through ten is this: Calais Campbell, Bud Dupree, Jeff Okuda, Matt Collins, Kentavious Street. Cordero Patterson, Trey Flowers, Michael Pruitt, Ben Jefferson, Cordero Hodge. Which one of those ten would be the first guy that y'all would sign back into the fold other than Calais Campbell? Well, Ben Jefferson's good for uh, drops in key moments. There's two I can remember. Remember where he came from, though, Rob. Where did he come from? He came from L.A. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be some familiarity with Zach Robinson, and it might be really valuable to have inside of that wide receiver. Yeah, I'm not saying throwing him on the trash heap for that, but I just remember that's what – I thought about him. You know, there was a bit of a pulse when he, uh, when, when he, when he got here to Atlanta, but it didn't seem like it. Uh, it didn't bear much fruit. I know that Contavious Street was a Ryan Nielsen guy, and he was happy. I had signed Contavious Street. That was that's the first one I thought about too. He when we talked about well. Matt Collins earlier as a specialist. Contavious Street was such a good trade for us. It, I mean, I we we didn't know anything about him, right? He was buried on the depth chart of him in Philly, but then when you turn the film on after week one of him kind of being here for four days and he's playing. He was good, man. And then he we was, got hurt, and you really around. missed him, right? Yeah, because you already were missing Grady. He was brought in to replace Grady. His ability, not to get too deep into the weeds as far as as far as how to play the position, his ability to press, get his hands on an O-lineman's chest, separate, right. right? Now you're using one arm to kind of put your body in a gap and separate from the offensive lineman so they can't drive you, and then to anchor. So now you're using one arm in the offense lineman's chest, but you're anchoring with your legs so that they're not able to push you out of these gaps. His ability to kind of press and separate and anchor was incredible for a guy that was not playing much up in Philly. I was dumbfounded because you don't it, expect much. Was it the Tampa game that he got hurt? And yeah. Once he got hurt, that's when Tampa really started opening up their run game, and that's when you really felt his absence. Yeah, he went, out, water. he went out sometime in the second half of that Tampa, the second Tampa game here at home, and then they started gashing you, and that – White started running all over you, and that's when Baker started getting in a rhythm and everything started clicking for them, and they ended up winning that game. Imagine, we always talk here about 
trenches and, and doing it. But then whenever free agency and the draft comes around, it seems that we get we get enamored with other things. Dude, go resign that guy because imagine Grady coming back from injury. And yeah, I think Grady will. There, you you can say a lot of things about Grady Jarrett, but one of the things you can never say is that he isn't one of the hardest working guys in the league because he absolutely is. So you go re you go resign Contavious Street. Takes a little bit of pressure off Grady to play as many snaps as he has in the past immediately. But not not to mention the fact that when he goes off the field. You, you're always going to get weaker when a Grady Jarrett-type player goes off the field, but you're not going to get significantly weaker. It's not like going from Grady Jarrett to, you know, some of the guys he, we've gone to in the past that just haven't been able to hold their own – hold it. it it's just so much – it makes you so much better. It's so frustrating to me, though, to look at how well these guys fit inside of Ryan Nielsen's scheme because they were all uh, – David Onyemata, Clay Campbell, Caden Ellis, Contavious Street's on that list. They were brought here to be part of that scheme. And it, it, it does sting a little bit that now you're not looking at a Ryan Nielsen scheme one year into it when you're like, oh, man, big strides defensively. I have to assume that it, obviously Raheem and, and those guys are going to do what's best. But it it's frustrating to look at it from that perspective because you're like, man, it fits so well into what Ryan Nielsen was trying to do. And you wonder what that is kind of moving forward under Raheem. And Morris. even though if, you know there's kind of diminishing returns on that defense towards the end of the year, but. It was certainly a lot better than it had been several years before. Yeah, they doubled the sacks. They were banged right. up. You know, the offense also was probably, other than that Colts game, the offense was its worst form the last five to six weeks of the season, other than the Colts game. But the one thing Ross said was, and he said it to Dukes and Bell, he was like, you know, it's a, it's a Quinnism. It's a Dan Quinn <laughs> slogan. But he said, look, we're gonna, we're not going to – make our guys fit in the system, we're going to find out what they're really good at and 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 make them good, you know, make them able to do that so they can be great. Here's what here's me looking at the bright side as far as the the transition goes defensively and and I hope everybody will kind of follow along with this. Ryan Nielsen was brought here to do what up front? He was brought here to change one stat up front. Yeah, sacks. It was he was brought here to get more sacks. I'm going to look at it as maybe you can hold serve a little bit on that. And I'm going to tell myself that Raheem Morris and Jimmy Lake in particular are brought here to get turnovers on the back end. Because we went through an entire season, and a lot of, nobody's talking about this enough, where not one corner had an interception for this team last yep. year. And so, That's Ryan Nielsen, we can talk about it and say, hey, brought in here to get sacks, brought in here to get sacks. And he did that. He doubled the sack number. I'm going to hope that Raheem Morris can't double the interception rate for the cornerback position here because we didn't have any. So... You know, Jesse Bates gets those interceptions. You had a couple of tip balls that were able to, you know, return the other way. Got but, them in bunches, though. Didn't, wasn't scattered got, out throughout the season. You've got to find a way to get more turnovers from the cornerback position. Richie Grant had a pick, too. I forgot about that one. you got to find more ways to get that from the cornerback position. I'm going to hope, and I'm going to look at the bright side of this defensive transition and say that Jimmy Lake and Raheem Morris can find a way to get more turnovers out of that secondary, out of that cornerback position. Hey, you want to, get, you want to go see Usher? Me, me, me. How about at uh, 740? We're going to give away tickets uh, to see Usher. It's kind of a while away. What is it, October of uh, this year, right? But, hey, something to look forward to. That's all we need is something to look forward to. How about looking forward to uh, some provocative remarks from former Falcons GM Thomas Dimitrov? What did he say? We'll find out next on The Morning Shift. Sports Radio, 929 The Game.
it is a lovely morning, isn't it? Now, more of The Morning Shift. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. <laughs> it's time to huddle up. Bring it in close! Bring it in close! The latest NFL news, rumors, reports, and happenings. Within the Huddle on The Morning Shift. Welcome back to the morning shift. Triple in for Tiffany Sports Radio 929. The game just three days away from finally the uh, Super Bowl. Oh, by the way, this hour brought to you by the farmer's dog. The effects on your animal feel magical. What sorcery is this? None at all. It's just real food made for the health of dogs. You get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash no magic. So, We've been hearing from uh, Thomas Dimitrov here and there, right, gentlemen? Lately, he's kind of been a pulse. He's kind of hanging around a bit. Well, guess what? He suggested that the Falcons' front office pushed Arthur Smith out to try to hire Bill Belichick. I think maybe Arthur's performance pushed him out, but, you know, who am I? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and listen, for better or worse, I got a lot of respect for Thomas and, uh, you know, being able to catch up with him, uh, being kind of back in – uh, in and around this team has been kind of uh, nice. I mean, Thomas is, is I, I feel like, finally willing to kind of show his face and talk about the Falcons here recently, where I don't know if he felt like he had a role. Very likable dude, man. Very likable guy. Um, and, and, and listen, two-time NFL executive of the year. No matter what you yeah. want to say about him and his tenure here, he had a run of success, much like I feel about Mike Smith and about Dan Quinn. He had a run of success uh, and, and, and led some good football teams. Let me ask you this. I think Mike Smith should be put in the ring of honor. He rescued this franchise from the Bobby Petrino debacle and the Mike Vick debacle. One year after that, first year on the job, first time head coach with the rookie quarterback gets to the playoffs. You you won't first of all, you won't find a bigger Mike Smith fan than me. That being said, I don't know that I want to set the bar right there for coaches getting in the ring of honor. If you if you put him in, don't you have to put in Dan Quinn? Took you to a Super Bowl? Sorry, Mike, I mean, you're not in, but we, you will be held in high regard. I, I, you, listen, you changed I, I my mind Mike. on that one. We, I, got to I do, too. Up, I got to catch up with Mike. Uh, where, what golf tournament? Arthur yeah, it was Blanks. Arthur Blanks. Oh, man. Uh, golf I, it, was, it, it was almost emotional for me to see Mike Smith. I love the guy. I just don't I don't know if I, I – but here's the thing, Rob. I already agree with – I disagree, I'm sorry, with like three or four people probably in the ring of honor. Mm-hmm. Like when, 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 you know, some of the names that are in the ring taking of honor – there's just a couple of guys whose tenure here were like four or five years where I'm like, is that what we're doing? Just say it. You know what I mean? Say it. Dion? Don't you do that, my friend. Was guys that were four or five years? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. No, it was four years. Okay. Four years. But don't do he that. He was there four years. My and guy. Then he, then he bolted on the franchise. But he's heralded No, the Smiths didn't want to pay him, dude. They he's heralded as the, as, the, as the greatest player in franchise history by so many. I, I don't think it's Which isn't true. It's not a. It's it's not saying that Dion wasn't a great player or a great Falcon. I just don't know that I want four years with the franchise to be the benchmark. I can understand that. That's uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, all right. What do you how have to how be big a could your mark have been in four years? It, I don't know, man. There, there's and there's he's not the only one. There's like there's one or two guys in the Ring of Honor that are kind of like that. So. My fun little thing about Mike Smith because when that Bobby Petrino, Michael Vick stuff all happened in 2007, that's something that could have set your franchise back five, ten years. And he came in immediately a stabilizing factor. Well, I, give Thomas credit too. I was gonna say yeah. if you're gonna have yeah. that conversation, boy, Thomas is gonna be on our list. That 2008 draft, Harry Douglas, yeah. Sam Baker. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, he went and signed Michael Turner. Yep. Um, I know was I'm li- huge. I'm li- Tony. Yeah, well, he, well, in 2009 they make the trade for Tony, mm-hmm. and 
I, I know I'm leaving off a couple of guys in that eight that eight draft class because there were a couple of guys. I think, I think Thomas Deku might have been in that draft class, and he had a he might have been he had a whether he how he played at the end was or not he was good here when they needed him for a long time. Uh, you know, William I, Moore would have been the next year, right? Uh, that was I want to say that was. I want to say wasn't 10. It 10 because that was my draft. Well, then it would it, have been 2009 draft for okay. way more. But he was already here when you got here? Yep. Then it was nine. Um, uh, you know what? Th- what I would settle for, not Ring of Honor, I would just settle for we stop. And I think too many times Mike Smith's name is said and it kind of has this negative connotation. The CHPL hard knocks. The Falcons well, are soft. And th- that's what's that's uh, what's uh, that that was probably the uh, thing about Smitty is he was he, oh, when man. he was here when he was coached now if you hear him do media he's great because he's he's relaxed but he was a little uptight with the media as far as not his re, his relationship but just how he talked it never sounded natural or comfortable I I've told you guys this before and I've said it on this radio station before I love Mike Smith when Mike Smith was fired I felt relieved. I honestly thought he was the kind of guy that was going to have a heart attack after one of the games. you see how red he would get? Dude, he looked like he was going to have a serious <laughs> medical episode <laughs> wow, after so some tight. of the losses. I mean, He's just he enjoying retirement now, isn't he? And, and, and when he was let go, I thought, oh, God, thank you. Like, I, I mean, not that I don't want to be coached by him or I don't know what my future was going to be at the time, but I thought to myself, he, 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 needs, he needs a few years away. And um, – I think he's in a much better place for, for from everything I hear, man. Just uh, going up to Tennessee, fly fishing a little bit, and living the dream. So good for him. Yeah, I talked to him when Matt Ryan got traded, and uh, we had him on Duke's and Bell. I, but I called him and I ended up talking to him for an hour. I just was trying to book him, and he was like, "Oh, how's it going?" Like we catch up, thought about everything from his family, and I said, "Dude, what are you doing these days?" He's like, "Well, I'm a squid. I'm a part of Mike's Mafia. Uh, no, he, he, I think he's I think he's a nation member. <laughs> the unfortunate part of that, same, right about the same time I'm talking about that, I was talking to Mike Smith, and you've heard the story before. Algie Crumpler walks up and goes, by the way, Squid Nation. That's right. Algernon is a part of That's Squid right. Nation? I was, Algie, I was so disrespected and dumbfounded. Wow. I was never teammates with Algie, but we, we're, we're, fr- we're well, friends and buddies. Well, I was and I teammates. I, I was teammates with Algie. But I was a teammate. Disrespected, Algie. If you're listening, that was that one hurt. Um, still carrying that three months later. Yeah. Well, all Mike Smith does is play golf and fish. Like he he was like he when he I had texted him the day before. And he goes, I'm sorry, I didn't get back to you. I was on I was on the course. And I said, What are you doing today, coach? He said, Well, I'm at the doctor's right now. And then I'm leaving there. Me and uh, me and me and the, me and the missus, we're gonna go out on the river and we're gonna fish. And uh, he goes, I might have some time tomorrow before I go play golf. You want to do it? Then <laughs> I said, Yeah. You're, you're living the dream, isn't he? Like, look at that. Man. Good for you. That's why you do it. That's why you deal with the stress. All right, the turf situation is pretty ridiculous out there for the 49ers at uh, UNLV. Of course, they had the normal field turf, and they came in and laid sod over it. Which is, is that what happened? That's what happened. Yeah. So we were theorizing first, yesterday. Yeah, we're like, well, how bad that, could it, it didn't be? Qu- completely get revealed when we first uh, visited. Then we got got the uh, full information. How's it not moving all around? Well, and also they got rain out there too, so it's uh, squishy. It's very squishy. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I, you know, and, and not to I, mention that's an injury waiting to happen, isn't well, it? Well, there's been a lot of talk about this here recently in the city of Atlanta because you're getting you're going to get the grass for uh, the World Cup. Yeah, right. So you're going to get that inside of Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and that'll be a short-term. I don't uh, think they're going to lay it over the turf. They're going to go lay it over the concrete. I would imagine. Right? Yeah. Well, but they still have to put like a like a dirt situation and a drainage yeah. situation yeah. underneath it because you're going to have to water it in a month's time, mm-hmm. right? So then you got to be able to drain it. And you have to be able to do everything else. 
There's got to be drainage well, anyway, so they water the field. The, the, they true. water the turf yeah, for yeah, the United games. He's never understood that. Around. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it's for? I think kinda, so, yeah. Kind of clump up the pellets? Yeah. I, I always thought the United did that just because they like um, – they like, like the, the ball to skate across. Yeah, the they like they, that was their thing when they first got. The, Maybe like, some multi-purpose. I was thing, a little bit of a ground ball pitcher when I was in high school, and my uh, yeah, my head coach would never cut the grass in the week leading up. to Oh, my that's start. right. Slow <laughs> down those ground balls, <laughs> man. To take a little of that skim, a little of that scuff off the grounders. Well, that's a that's the thing, and a lot of people are saying, "Well, that's just going that's the 49ers building in an excuse," but that sounds like an awful situation because every because everything's pretty pristine over there at the uh, Raiders. Uh, place where uh where the uh, kansas city chiefs are practicing are we at the point in society where every time you tell the truth it's an excuse why not i mean yeah. that's that oh that's an excuse no this is our well, situation to, to, to kyle shanahan's credit he said hey you know we're we're gonna we're gonna deal with it the best we can and i, I well, think that's just what he wanted to do well let's hear from kyle shanahan he talks about that very thing kyle how's the uh the practice fields were the conditions okay that you could have a normal practice without any adjusting yeah we had a normal practice and you we didn't practice there the rest of the week? Oh, yeah. We're not going to change our whole schedule up. We'd have to go too early in the morning, mess everything up. So this is the best choice we got. Are you satisfied with that choice? We're here. We're practicing on it. I mean, everyone has their preferences and wish things were better, but we'll deal with the field how it is. That's a no. He's not yeah. happy, but, but he didn't want to belabor the point. Say, well, uh, it's it's, it's what's his, he it do? is what it he is. He doesn't yeah. want to give his his team any excuses either, right? If yep. you if you start complaining about it, then his team goes into the game thinking we're at, we're at a disadvantage. Yeah, you wait till after the game, and if you lose, then you stop. <laughs> just find a local <laughs> high school I field. Strongly worded email yeah. to, to, to Roger Goodell. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. I know. I know. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and. Yeah. My auto, Kelsey, is the golden boys, but come on. That's actually a good point, Rob. You can't tell me that, like, what is it, Bishop Gorman out there? You yeah. can't tell me they don't have a go solid to, practice go facility. Go to a good high to, school field, to, to, to Hop on the bus. And UNLV doesn't have, like, UNLV doesn't have bad facilities. It's just turf, evidently. But I bet, they, uh, dude, I bet you Bishop Gorman's turf. I bet Bishop Gorman has an indoor. I mean, they probably have an indoor facility just like uh, just like anywhere yeah, else. More and more, because it's, it's cost effective just to lay that stuff down, even though it yeah. causes cancer. Look it up. Well, there's uh, there's there's some thinking on those lines. Well, then uh, Kyle Shanahan should urge all of his his players to do a water cleanse after because it, <laughs> it reduces the chances of that. Hey, we have mic'd up coming up, and I'm always excited. What are you going to pull out of your bag of tricks, young man? Rob, we got some Super Bowl prop bets that we're going to go over. And uh, listen, I've been uh, I've been a wagerer most of uh, the last few years, and so we put the Super Bowl bets down. I'm not going to give you any advice. I'm just going to throw these out to you and see uh, see if you have any inkling either way, man. So maybe some Gatorade, maybe some National Anthem, maybe some uh, first touchdown kind of thing. So we'll talk about that all on the other side. It's uh, mic'd up on the morning shift, Sports Radio 99 The Game. We're talking all things Atlanta sports and beyond. This is the Morning Shift. Make some noise! On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time to rant. Excuse me? It's time to rage. It's time for Mic'd Up. On the Morning Shift. All right, it's the Thursday edition of Mic'd Up here on the Morning Shift. Mike, Bo, Rob hanging out with you. Building up to Super Bowl weekend, Super Bowl Sunday, and all the things that that entails as we kind of uh, look. Tiff's out in uh, in Vegas. She's doing all the things. I saw Tiff had a – she watched a um, 
a, a wedding. It looked like yesterday on her socials. Uh, that was I think two days ago. Two days ago. Um, she Maybe did. Um, Twenty four hours late she on did, her socials. She did Nickelodeon. Well, she was on Andy and Randy yesterday, and I, I called it in. It's like leaving the gym, and then she did Nickelodeon. But last night on Instagram, she did post a very Tiffany esque post, which yeah. is the sad room service um, <laughs> post that she'll always have, and it was like cake. So she's eating cake alone in a room in Las Vegas. So it's, you know, on brand for Tiffany. Oh, man, that's unfortunate. That's uh, extremely <laughs> unfortunate. Uh, I would have, listen, you're talking about Super Bowl props. I would have put that uh, room service at uh, really, really heavy underdog or heavy favorite. I'm sorry. I was going to say, you, yeah, you want to make that bet. You're giving yeah, odds. You're, you're minus 1,000 uh, <laughs> as far as that one goes. All right, so I want to talk about some of these uh, Super Bowl props, man. Some interesting ones out there. And first of all, before we get into this, let me just ask you all this, and I, I won't ask you to make your picks just yet, but are y'all expecting a high-scoring game, low-scoring game, defensive battle, back and forth? What are y'all thinking here? Somewhere in between. Yeah? Yeah. What like, does that look like? like it might be a first-team to 21. Th- it yeah. might be a first-team to 30 sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Nothing first-team to 30. Yeah. Oh, I think – Nothing I think, over that. I think okay. if a team scores 30, they're definitely winning. Uh, right. I, I, I think – at 24-20, 24-21 range. I'm seeing 30-27, 30, 30-28. 30, but that's so weird about these games is these are two, yeah. believe it or not, these are two pretty good defenses. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't look at the Chiefs that way because of uh, who their quarterback is and who their stars are. Yeah, but they only, they, they're only in this position because of defense. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, look what they did to the Ravens. Yeah. They did, yeah. Well, some would say the Ravens did it themselves, but I agree with you. That's a perfect leeway into this first one I, br- I want to bring to y'all's attention because I think this one is worth maybe sprinkling 10 bucks on if you were out there, right? Patrick Mahomes, two touchdown passes in each half. Those two in the first half, those two in the second half. Now, you might say, Odds of that are astronomical. I can tell you what the odds are. The odds are 10 to 1. All right, so you sprinkle 10 bucks to win 100 bucks if that was possibly going to happen. Sprinkle 100 bucks to win $1,000 if you were feeling frisky about it. Would that interest either one of y'all? I'd throw 10 bucks at it. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I don't think he's getting full. Well, that's that's why you're getting such nah. good, that's yeah, exactly. getting yeah, such yeah, good yeah, yeah. I don't that's waste money, so no. Patrick Mahomes, two touchdown passes in each half for plus 1,000. I think it's worth 10 bucks. I don't. Worth 10 bucks. I don't like wasting money. Uh, on the uh, on that uh, same thing, he is the favorite for Super Bowl MVP at plus 140. So if you're willing to go there with plus 40, I'm assuming that he would be at the top of the list, in which he obviously is. Now, do any of these other three interest you? Brock Purdy at plus 220, CMC at plus 450 to be Super Bowl MVP, and then you got Travis Kelsey at plus 1400 mm. to be Super Bowl MVP. I don't want to take Patrick Mahomes. I don't think the payout is there. I realize why he's the favorite. I think yeah. that's kind of chalk. I'd be willing to put, I'd be willing to put a buck on uh, Christian McCaffrey at plus four fifty. I would, I would, I would also be willing to take it on Travis Kelsey at plus fourteen hundred. Yeah, that's I mean, that, the payout. That's what what is ten dollars win you? It one hundred forty. Yeah, why yeah. not? Uh, that's where, worth ten dollars. Where's name? Uh, he's he, he's on there. I didn't include him in my notes right here. I have to, I have to look up and find him. He's on there. He's a little bit further down. I think. Uh, but I will I will give you all this one. How about this? First touchdown, first touchdown odds. So this is for either team. Now you can split it up and say specifically who scores first for the Niners or who sco- uh, scores first for the Chiefs. First touchdown, let me ask you all out of these six, who would you be willing to sprinkle the money on? Christian McCaffrey is the odds on favorite to score the first touchdown at plus 300. Obviously, right? That's kind of chalk going. But Pacheco at plus 550, Kelsey at plus 600, and then you have uh, the – Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, all at plus 900 to score the first touchdown of the game. 
I would take Pacheco. And, I think I'd take Kelsey at plus 600. And I'm just trying not to pick Kelsey for everyone, so I'm just trying to go a little outside the box. Yeah. And Kittle. Okay. All right. I think it's going to be the 49ers, uh, a fullback kid from Harvard. What's his check? Ju- yeah, you check. You yeah. check. Then they're going to they're gonna sh- shoot to his wife and her custom-made gear that she makes. Well, here's the thing. That this, this would be interesting because I, bring, I mentioned the fact that Travis Kelsey is plus 600 score the first touchdown. This is what would really be interesting. The odds, all right? The first thing that happens after the opening kickoff between these two things, all right? There's only two options. First thing that happened after the opening kickoff, here's your two options. Taylor Swift is shown on TV at minus 175. All right, so you're going to spend 175 to win 100. Or the underdog, one of the teams scores points. So after the opening kickoff, what's going to happen first? Taylor Swift shown on TV or points are being scored in the football game? Swift. Because, I'm going with but Taylor. But can you yeah. imagine if you have money on the score being first and Travis Kelsey is the guy that scores a touchdown, you know immediately they're going to cut. <laughs> can you imagine how upset you'll be either way? You'll be like, ah! Dang it. That was that close. Yeah, I just think that, let's um, say the Chiefs get the ball first. He'll make a catch on that drive, and, it, and at some point, it'll, you know, and if they're scoring, it's going to be a good, good big catch. Or even if not, if he's with the first down signal. Yeah. And yeah. then they're going to shoot away to her, like, oh, yeah. 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 Was yeah. that him? Was that him? Was that him? That was him? Uh, and yeah. Brittany Mahomes, like, yeah. Like, and everybody's like Twitter exploding anger. Oh, there she is again. Blah, blah, well, blah. Dude. Both, I realized last night at dinner real quick that both sides, I mean, my wife and her and our neighbor, they're both Swifties. You can't mention Taylor Swift without, what are you, what, what, what? And I'm like, whoa, I, whoa, whoa. That's You're just so weird. spot on. Hold I got, on. I got no problem with her, but that's just weird cultish behavior. It, 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 that's just disturbing. Taylor don't care about you. There has been more You don't media, even know her. There has been more media backlash against people who don't like Taylor Swift or are not fans of it yeah. being shown than there are actually people I feel like who, I, who mind it. I blame Kanye West. If Kanye West <laughs> made does, her a martyr? If he does yeah, if he does it and I said this last night, you're just mad because she I don't care. I have no issues yeah. with Taylor Swift. She, she, I'm, I'm happy for her. But the care. thing is, is that the people that love her were have just they they're like the bay high yeah, the swifties it's, are they they're so that you can't speak of it and it all started when kanye west gets up there and kills her on the grammys for no reason because he's kanye yeah, great say. songs for sad white women i guess <laughs> oh man i i'm I, like i said i think there's been more blowback against these Whoever's hating on Taylor Swift yeah. on TV broadcast, there's been more blowback. It's a five-second cutaway. Who cares? I don't think most me. people care. But he, like you, every day, it's Charles Barkley calls them losers. People that hate Taylor Swift. I'm like, who, who, who are we talking to? I haven't even seen anybody that's really mad about Taylor most Swift. Most people I know don't, don't care. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to run through a couple of these. Uh, the thing I always do every freaking year is do the uh, national anthem thing, the Reba McIntyre, uh, 89 and a half seconds. Right, 89 and a half seconds. I'll probably take one way or another. It's even odds. Over under 89 and a half seconds for the national anthem. What's the average time for it? I, it's got to be higher than that. Because I, I, think, I think with the, what was it, Stapleton a couple years ago? I think it was like two minutes for Stapleton. Like Reba, Reba's going to do it, and she's going to get in and out. Like, that's, right. she's not. Oh, she doing I think it this she's year? Done yeah. It, she's done it three times in the past, not at Super Bowl, three times in the past, and I think they've all been 89 seconds. Well, your R&B singers, they'll do the, uh, they'll do the uh, vocal gymnastics and aerobics, and they're going to prolong a little bit. The country singers in and out. 
Well, there, there was one six or seven years ago. I can't remember. I can't remember who it was singing. They finished the song and then they did the last in the home of the brave again. And Vegas is up in arms. Going, <laughs> was it over or was it not? But over? It's just, For the love of God, she said in the home of the brave. It's the same thing as holding that note at the end and yeah. just letting it go and see how long until your lung capacity gives mm-hmm. out. Yep. That that can cost you. That could cost you money. That's my favorite bet though, because it's it just starts it starts it off right. You're sitting there just come on, and everybody's starting their clocks on their phone right about the same time right, right. to see if they won or lost. All right, uh, Gatorade color. And, and Bo and I were talking about this before the show. All right, there is there is props about there's odds on all the Gatorade colors. And I think red's always the favorite. Uh, blue blue's always a favorite. Orange is a favorite. But if you want to group three together, all right. So if you group blue, red, and orange together, the odds that it's one of those three are minus one forty. The odds that it's not blue, red, or orange are actually plus one hundred five. I don't know that I would want to bet against it being blue, red, or orange. Bo says possibly a lemon lime could be thrown in there. It might be worth sprinkling. What's a little bit the of ice on the flavor? The kind of clear one. The uh, yeah, the um, that'd be a definite outlier, wouldn't it? Fierce. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember what that one is. Glacier uh-huh. something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would have to think though. It's going to be blue, red, or orange. Like because they don't. Here's the thing about these these Gatorade coolers. They don't make powder in every single color. Right, there's only like five right. different flavors that right. have the powder that you have to put in the Gatorade cooler. They're not opening bottles of Gatorade and pouring them into the cooler. It's a powder mix, mm-hmm. and you can't get that with every single flavor. So blue, red, or orange is going to be at the top. Uh, a couple more to get to real quick. Scoreless quarter in the game. Will there be a scoreless quarter in the game? I'd say absolutely will not happen. It's minus 400 uh, if you want to say no to that. it's If you think that there will be a scoreless quarter, you can actually make some money, plus 265. But you I would throw money on that, I think. I, yeah. I hear the announcers out. Shockingly, a scoreless quarter. It, 100 bucks to win 265. It, just a scoreless quarter, though. It doesn't have to be like you don't have to pick the quarter, right? No, you don't have to pick which one. Okay. Scoreless quarter, plus 265. I'd be worth that. Missed extra point. Plus two seventy three. Ah, uh, yeah, I would take. I would take it. That would be an interesting. I'd put ten dollars on that. Wager on that. So I you, thought you didn't you, waste money. Yeah. Well, the missed extra points seem to be a thing that happens a lot. And San Francisco's kicker has been hit or miss in the playoffs. All right, just a couple more to run through real quick. If there is a two uh, two point conversion attempted, two point conversion attempted. If there is one, you can make money plus one thirty-two. If there is a two-point conversion, mm. even well, attempted, you better hope someone's down by fourteen with about six minutes left and score a touchdown because right. that's what the card says, Mike. Yep. Uh, last play of the game: quarterback kneel. Yes, minus two hundred. No, plus one forty-five. I so hope if it's no not wins. the quarterback kneel. If somebody's throwing a hail mary on the last play of the game, you can make money. You can uh, get good odds on that. Uh, largest lead in the game over under 14 and a half. It's basically even on either side of it. And the margin of victory over under seven and a half, almost even money as well. So that'll be interesting to kind of watch and follow up with. I know that uh, I'm going to spread it thin. I'm going to throw some money out there and spread it thin and see what happens. This hour brought to you by Zero Rest Smart Lasting Clean. And I'm, I'm sorry, I I lied. I promised uh, Usher ticket giveaway. We're going to do that at 820, though. That's so. a October 17th concert at uh, State Farm Arena. So um, we'll get to that at 820 and get a chance to go see Usher, who's going to be performing at halftime, by the way. All right. Who needs a wake-up call? 404-726-0929. We'll take your calls next on the morning shift. Triple in for Tiffany. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Good morning. Yeah! Back to more of the morning shift. With Tiffany, Mike, and Bo on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
Time brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. Welcome back this 8 o'clock hour of the morning shift. Sports Radio 929 The Game. Triple in for uh, Tiffany. It is the wake-up call segment. Taking your calls at 404-726-0929. we got a lot of them, too. Let's, let's, let's get right to it. Let's go to Chase out in Jefferson. Chase, what do you got? Gentlemen, good morning. How we doing? What's up, buddy? Hey, first things first. Last time I was on, last time I was on here, Bo, I told you I had filled out my paperwork for the transfer portal, and then I was I was weighing my options. Well, I'm I'm, I'm happy to tell you that I, I'm coming home. I was nobody till I joined the nation. That's right. That's right, on? Chase. That's like I that woman it. that breaks up with you, I comes back it. and breaks up again. You can't be trusted. What is no. in the water? It's like the player that enters the portal and says, "You know what? There's no place like home." Yeah, the grass isn't greener, is it? The grass what? is green where you water What's it. What's the freaking wake up call, Chase? I'm over it, man. Whatever. See hey, how he treats hey, you, Chase. Bo- but Mike, let me bring let me bring you back. You're my brother in arms as as far as being a dad. So shout out to my son, nine month old. Of course, he's not a listener. Never, oh, but never calls in. But man. he's uh, nine months old. He slept in his crib from seven to seven last night. It's oh, a thing of beauty. Dude, I, oh so. wow, that's that's outstanding. Isn't that a victory right yeah. there? Oh, take a lap, buddy. Yeah. Good for yeah. you. Hey, so wake up calls for the Falcons. I not really uh, necessarily a wake up call, but I just go back and forth every day. I just want to get you guys feedback. I, I want Justin Fields. I wanted him back when we could have drafted him, but I know Terry was here and could have drafted him. So, you know, did he see something back then that he didn't want, or was it Arthur Smith that didn't want Justin Fields? Or, you know, I, I'm not too high on the Kirk Cousins thing. I, I either want Justin Fields or I want to go in the draft. I want I want a young guy. I want a quarterback for the next 10 years, not the next three to four. So that's all I got. Have an awesome day, guys. Chase, I would say thanks for the call, but. I'm feeling a little disrespectful. I was a nobody before I joined the nation. Uh, as far as Justin Fields go, here's been my stance, and it's kind of been my stance all along. I do waver here and there on Justin Fields. Here's the problem. What you're going to give up for Justin Fields, you have to extend Justin Fields. Justin Fields is going to ask for $100 million guaranteed. You're going to have to extend him, and he's going to ask for at least $100 million guaranteed and probably a five-year contract. I don't know that he has shown enough to warrant that. Do I think he's a good quarterback? Yeah. Do I think he's got a future in the NFL? Yes. But if you're going to give up the draft picks or capital or whatever it may be to actually get Justin Fields in the fold, I think I'd rather have the cheaper contract. I'd rather give up that stuff for the number one or number two draft pick and I, because that way the salary of whatever you're paying the quarterback position is not there. And his fifth-year option to be picked up immediately, which yes. will be in May, and that's going to be looking like around $22 million for uh, for the fifth year. I think you said it perfectly. That's kind of what I've said all along. You know, I kind of want to go get – I don't have a problem going and getting your guy. If if you're going to have to develop Justin Fields as well because he's not there yet as a pocket passer. He gets outside the pocket, he's as good as anybody. He can, he can keep plays alive and create plays with his legs and with his arm on the move as anybody. But you're going to develop him in the pocket a little bit and, and get him back to where he's comfortable there 100%. And you could do that with your own guy for a lot cheaper. Yeah, I, I think that's my point is that you're going to have to you're gonna have to go get him, so you're going to have to give that up, and then you're going to have to pay him. If you're going to go spend that capital to go get somebody, go get a rookie in the draft because I don't think that he's giving you that. I don't think he's getting $100 million more than you'll get from some of the guys because you still need to develop him a little bit, if nothing else. So I, I just that's kind of the way I look at it. Uh, when, you, when you add in the term elite processor that Raheem used in his presser, uh, in his presser I don't know that he's there just yet. I don't know that he's an elite processor just yet. So I, I think he's a good, good player. 
I just don't know that that fit for what you have to give up and then what you have to pay him on the back end. I don't know that's where I'm sitting. How about this one, gentlemen? This guy is actually calling us. He's he's inside a crane. He is in his crane. <laughs> James, where are you craning it at, brother? Kingston. Kingston. I was going to say, can we see him from our window? But probably not. Not if you're in Kingston. No, sir. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Oh, uh, not much. Uh, just a shout-out to Mike Mafia real quick. Finally! Yeah, man, they on a heater for You've a been minute. shut out all week. James from the crane calls in. Here you go. He had to put an end to this madness. Mike Thank you. Oh, boy. There's the horn. Um, I had to call in today because I am, in fact, a nerd. Um, Mary, Queen of Scots, did not carry the epithet of Bloody Mary. It was uh, Mary the I, uh, the eldest daughter of Henry VIII, and she got the name Bloody Mary because she was a devout Catholic. And she persecuted what she would call the Protestant heretics. And she burnt thousands of people on the. Uh, wow, I do uh, remember she just that. Burnt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So she was trying to end the, the Reformation that her father, Henry VIII, started. And she was trying to bring back England under the uh, uh, Baptist Catholicism. Yeah. Uh, but that's. That's my wake-up call, guys. Thank you, sir. That's it's a house of learned doctors over here in the mafia. You know what I mean? Can it's I a say house of learned doctors. Can I say something though? I think you and I both had, we have to admit something here. Um, you had a great call from the member of the nation where you know Chase said about talked about his son and, and and you loved that and I loved it too. But also what James has dropped, I loved. I love <laughs> the knowledge, the history. I love that. So sitting in a crane, yeah. with the with the. With all the knowledge base of Bloody Mary. I mean, that's, See what that's I phenomenal. inspire just yeah, by that's things phenomenal. I do? Yeah. Just, uh, do that. Know, we couldn't have got off to a better start. We're a well-rounded uh, morning show, that is. All right, let's go from a crane to a truck. Larry's in his truck. Hello, Larry. Larry! It's been a while, man. Uh, glad you guys are doing good. I got three things real quick. First of all, anybody who does the Gatorade color bet uh, is crazy to me. I, I don't know how you're going to pick that. My second one is, can we please stop talking about the Falcons until after the Super Bowl? We got plenty of time to talk about the, what the Falcons are going to do. You know, let's get through the Super Bowl first. That's that's my second one. And then my third one is, thousand likes on Tiffany's green sequin dress. Okay, those are my three things. All right, y'all have a great day. I'm out, Larry. Oh, I saw that post, man. She looked, she looked great. She always looks great, yeah. though. Oh, I didn't see it. I didn't see that post. Oh, she looks fantastic. I'm not, I'm not very good at Instagram. Um, um, I, I, I struggle with it. It's every now and then, like once a week, I'll run across some Tiffany's posts. I'm like, oh, she's been up to some stuff. Well, one thing you don't, you weren't here because um, you were dealing with the, you know, the sickness was that we, um, we actually, uh, we actually picked that out together. You know, she got a lot of dress advice from me really? last week. Yeah, during the breaks. She'd be over there on her little laptop or her phone, whichever one, pulling up. What do you think about this one? And and uh, she said, and then she came to the conclusion that guys just like sparkly things. And I said, yeah, why do you think strippers wear glitter? <laughs> her name is Chastity, okay? Uh, and she's now on the main stage. <laughs> her name is Jordan, Bo. Call her by her name. It's Jordan. <sighs> Uh, just stay away from Robbins with the Y. Your, you know what? Hold on a second. Do you know what just happened? Tribble, who constantly makes blushed. us quiet on this show, 
literally put his head down and did not speak a word. He because goes, I was no, laughing. no, I'm sitting this one out, guys. No, I wasn't sitting. I know. I never. I don't sit anything out. I was just <laughs> laughing. Clap and your then hands. This made me think of uh, oh. Robin with the Y. Stay away from her. And clap your hands. Don't and make pop eye contact. Nope, don't nope, make nope, eye contact. Nope. No, I was laughing. Hey, let's go up. Let's go out to Brad and Villarica, home to some wonderful, wonderful, beautiful CD strip clubs. <laughs> Good morning, guys. How are y'all doing? What's up, buddy? Hey, this is, uh, first of all, let's just start off with Mike's Mafia. Mike Mafia. Yeah, I never liked Villarica when I drove through there anyways. <laughs> it's okay, but listen, Bo, here's my wake-up call. Just because we're in the mafia, we don't need no sauce or no steaks to represent the mafia because our president is the king. That's Love it. you, Mike. Thank I'm you, out. sir. Thank you, sir. Well, all Thank my you, members sir. get steaks from Omaha and W sauce from the W sauce. So, mm. I mean, sorry about your luck. So you're so yeah. So you're just you're just using them. Is what you're doing. You're asking them to put in. And the, the you know squid. what else you get? Put you in know, the code you know what else get? <laughs> There ain't no gagillionaires living in Mike's Mafia. They live in the nation Listen. with me and AT and T, Mike. That's right. That's well, right. Mike's Mafia members they get they get listeria. We're more of an. <laughs> <we're my>, uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, you'll get. Cross, we're, we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna contact the legal department here before we cross. You that want one food poisoning? Go live in the mafia. <laughs> That's it, man. Let's go. <laughs> Pop your collars and drop your dollars. It's chastity to the main stage. Girls, girls, girls. Let's go to uh, Chris in College Park. Good morning. That should be your top five right there. Strip song playlist. <laughs> What's up, fellas? What's up, man? And it's time that we put a halt to all this Mike's Mafia love and say, don't you ever forget, this is the house that Squid Billy uh, built. How you doing, guys? I'm smelling oh, a conspiracy. Boy, yeah. Did you text people? No. I think you put a tweet out of no. asking for calls. When the nation hears that the fearless leader needs their help, Hey, rise up. We come running. We come running. Good morning to you, Rob T. Good to see you back. And as always, yes, much, love to you. much love to you all, American. Thank you, sir. Hey, fearless leader uh, and you guys. Um, I hadn't had a chance to call in since Coach Bra got uh, hired, and I, I like to hire. I had uh, been going back and forth with the All-American about Bill Belichick, but the one thing I wanted was a coach that had head coaching experience, and he, he checks that box off, so I'm happy. So we moved to the quarterback, and my thing is I was, I'm was i on Justin Fields, uh, and I hear the money and everything going on, but because he's young. But one person that's crept up, uh, and I would like to see us go for him, is Russell Wilson. Uh, I've been hearing about his contract and how the Broncos may have to pick that up. I think Russ, after that debacle, uh, the two years in Denver, along with Coach Roth, it, he could come, and you know I'm going to throw my guy D. Riddy in there. It may be if we keep D. Riddy as the backup, he may learn something. Yeah. So I want to hear what your guys' take is on that, and it's now time for me to go full Carl Dukes. Let's get the quarterback right. Hashtag <laughs> Squid Nation. Hashtag Squid Squad. That's right. You just remember, this was a house that Squid Billy built. That's right. Well, you couldn't have said it better myself. It's built of straw. Chris got a good radio voice, man. He does. He does a great radio voice. One thing about the Russell Wilson stuff, I don't think you're going to have to trade for Russell Wilson. I think that the Broncos are going to have to eat that contract. They're they're back into a corner. And they they made their bed when they did what they did at the end of the season with him and just benching him. So – 
I think that you could get Russell Wilson probably cheap on a three-year deal if that's what you want. They're going to try. I, I would gonna, be all for that, actually. They're going to try to create a market for him. Maybe you send a seventh-rounder in, like, two years. If but. we and, and if you do that, you're not paying. You're, you're, yeah. you're paying his base salary every year, not the guaranteed money they've already right. given him. What I'll say is I'd have taken if we had 26 touchdowns, nine interceptions from that position last year, we're in the we're winning the division. There you go. I, 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 look, this, man, maybe maybe Squid once the trade deadline's over today and Super Bowl ends this weekend, maybe that's what me and Squid will do. Come get a little film session in the morning, just try to uh, figure out what happened with Russell that last couple of years. So maybe we'll maybe we'll dive into that a little bit more. All right, coming up, I know you're worried about well, what's what's Nick Saban gonna do for work now? He got a gig. We'll talk about it next. It's the Morning Shift Sports Radio, 1990 game. Mornings on the game means more of the morning shift. Nice. (laughs) On Sports Radio, 92.9, the game. It's time to talk college football on the morning shift. Brought to you by Window Nation. Fight the February frigid season with 50% off your new windows from Window Nation. Plus, make no payments for two years. Visit windownation.com. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Triple in for Tiffany on the morning shift. Hey, what are you what are you doing on October 17th? Want to go see us or do you? Well, you have a chance to. 404-726-0929. Let's take the 2,376th caller, right? Nah, we'll take caller seven. How about seven? Is that reasonable? Seventh caller, you're going to go see Usher on October 17th, 2024, and pre-sale tickets are available starting. Well, it's already started. Now till Sunday. And on sale Monday, February 12th to the general public at LiveNation.com and Ticketmaster.com. Com. So yeah, like, I, like I said yesterday, maybe you'll get it bad, and uh, the DJ will have you falling in love, and you'll make love in the club. So let's see what, <laughs> ha- let's see what happens there. Yeah. Drop your cup. Who are you? <laughs> uh, what do you mean? I'm a big Usher fan, man. Big Usher fan. Are you over there rhyming? And I don't know. It's just no, it's not rhyming. Those are all <laughs> just. Uh, I know. I know. They're. I know what. The, I know the song. It's but a way to tell stories. <laughs> all right. I think the glitter comment got Mike fired up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew you weren't gonna be able to help yourself. I can't help it. I'm a big little John fan, man. I really am. I love some little John. Takes me I like back. What Chappelle does, little John. Oh yeah, that's hilarious. I think that's you Chappelle know, does a better little John than little John does. Little but, John. but but you know how it is when someone does a good impression of mm-hmm. someone. Everyone that does the impression of that person is now just doing the impression of the guy who did the best impression. Does that makes sense. <laughs> The most obscure one, though, look up Bill Hader doing um, Alan Alda <laughs> from MASH. It is hilarious because <laughs> Bill Hader does, prides himself doing the most obscure ones. But anyway. All right. Uh, oh, Matt Rule, by the way, I guess he's trying to uh, save his reputation as an info coach. You know, I, I wanted to draft Brock Purdy. I played against him. I, I knew all of his virtues. He said we wanted to draft him while in Carolina, but it didn't happen. Do you believe him? Mm, yeah, sure. But you uh... – but you didn't? Listen, let's call it what it is. He was a seventh-round draft pick. Yeah, no. it's, the draft is not so much about uh, the player. It's about when you what value you can get for him. All right? So if you, you don't want to draft him in the fifth if you think he's going to be there in the seventh. And uh, so maybe maybe you liked him as a player. Or some people say, well, if that's your guy, go get your guy. Well, but you don't want to overpay him. Well, disagreements at that point. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he said, yes, we'll take him in the fifth round or the sixth round. maybe <laughs> Or maybe a higher pick in round seven than Mr. Irrelevant. Maybe, you know, I don't know where Carolina picked that. It's e- 
Yeah, I'm, and I'm sure that somewhere, um, you know, Dan Reeves was saying, well, I wanted to pick. No, not Dan Reeves. That's a bad one because he's, he's not with us anymore. But find anybody that was picking a head coach in, in 2000 in the draft, and they would have said, oh, well, man. I wanted Tom Brady. <laughs> but, That's I mean, it. you know. We knew he's a good player. You know? Elite processing. Yeah, at Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean it's just a little revisionist history always uh, makes people commit. Yeah, people and, look I, better, and I, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said Dan. It was just the first because I was thinking Falcons and he was a coach here. I, you know, I wouldn't want to say that because I loved a big fan of him. But somebody out there has said that at some point, and somebody was just like, "Yeah, okay." But now, now everything's a story. By the way, before we get to our next statement, quickly, the maddest I ever saw Dan Reeves. This is back when he was coaching the Falcons. I got to be kind of really friendly with him. We had a reunion at this other radio station in town, and I, I spent the evening with him. We, we got pretty sloshed together. We had great stories. The maddest, though, when I was really covering the Falcons, there was a softball game between the media and the Falcon coaching staff, and we waxed him. And I, I hit one basically through the goalpost off of Dan Reeves. I like, took him deep twice, and we beat them. He didn't even take my questions. After. He was so pissed off that we beat them in that softball game. I love it. Yep. I love That's it. How competitive. I mean that that guy played at a. I mean he played at a high level for the Cowboys back in his day. Played in the and, ice ball. And I mean, then he was a hell of a coach. And whatever happened in, in Denver with him and the Elway stuff, and you know that there was always those reports that Elway ran him out of town. And, I loved Dan Reeves. Loved him. Loved just him. A gr- and like beating him too. We beat their ass is what we did. Wow. All right, Nick Saban wow. has a new gig. Not a surprise, though. College game day. I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a part of me that wishes he would have taken a, a, a Tom Brady, a victory lap, uh, you know, taking a year and, and kind of just kind of relax a little bit before you get back into it. I think it's going to be great. Uh, I, 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 I'm interested to see the relaxed non-head coach version, the non But you've been around version. him, though. He has oh, more personality sure. than people think. Oh, 100%. He's going to be he's gonna be funnier than people realize. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be great because I, I don't think – like, I think when he's done this in the past, he's been that buttoned-up version. Like, yeah. I don't want yeah. to say anything out of pocket. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to make anybody mad. And now there's not really those ties. And I think it'll be – I think it'll be interesting. I, I, look, let's be honest. You're probably going to get – just going to throw this out there – Georgia goes to Tuscaloosa, what, September 28th? You're probably going to get college game day in Tuscaloosa at that point. Oh, absolutely. Imagine what that is like with Nick Saban on set when they're all making their game day picks because he's no longer the head coach. Now he's a game day guy maybe making picks. And, you know, I'll be interested to see how that works. Two things. First off, right now somewhere in the state of Alabama, there's a guy – that read this story or was listening to the radio station in Alabama and jocks or whatever and said, yeah, see what happens, David Pollock? Talk trash to Nick Saban's face. He got you fired, and then he took your job. And that that's what that's – and then that's the other somebody thing – Somebody tweeted that, didn't they? I think I saw that. Did they? Did you see that? I think you Alabama saw that like, subconsciously up there. I, yeah. I didn't see it. Well, it's kind of from South Park. They took her job. But then the other thing what I would say you is – think you sound like you're from Alabama. No, I sound like I'm from Paulding County. Yeah. That's right, yeah, PC. Big, big like difference. Huge uh, difference. Yeah. I'm a Dallas boy. <laughs> That's wine and cheese compared like, to Alabama. There's a, That's there right. is a certain <laughs> sector of people in this state that think that that state line might as well be <laughs> might as well be the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> it's like it's, it's, you know why though? The same, the same people. <laughs> no, we're not. The people in Scottsboro, Alabama, the only, are just like the people. The in Rome, only thing Georgia, in Georgia, like Alabama, is Tallapoosa. <laughs> All right, oh please, none All of right. your family trees fork. Anyways, the other thing I would people. say hillbillies is hillbillies are better than rednecks. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't want to be a hillbilly. Um, 
I would also say, does this not end the Pat McAfee era of college game day? I think I think we can. There was already questions around that. It was surrounding it. You know, for whatever reason, Desmond Howard seems bulletproof, and he's not going anywhere. He survived a lot there. Yep. So it's going to be Howard, Reese, Saban, and Herb Street, I'd imagine. Now, I, I don't know if Mac, McAfee was on the initial thing, but I think McAfee might start taking a step back from that. I could see him going back and doing more pro wrestling stuff along with his show and then leaving game day. Because remember, they took they took him from – he left pro wrestling basically to do game day. Right. So I he kind of sucked all the air out of the room on game day. It's a little much. I mean, they, I, I like him. I enjoy him enough. But it was just ah, – They on. They needed yeah. a shot in the arm. Well, I, I agree they did. I think they could do just as much with him roaming around the crowd with a microphone as they did with him sitting eh, at the desk making Not a pits. bad idea. Right? Yeah. The, the value is there for him yeah. to amp things up out in the crowd and but, actually be a people person. I don't need him to tell me about the, the run defense of the – you know, I, I just I just don't. I don't he's a guy that. that can quickly become a caricature of himself, though. Do we really need him doing the Michael Waltrip role like, on, like before race? Is on Fox. I think he's, he's better suited for that than he is sitting at the desk being the old David Pollock. I, I don't think he needs to be on the show. I don't think you need him. There, the, the one of the biggest problems with that show is there's 40 freaking people on it. Mm-hmm. We don't need all that. I don't need. But multi- you say that he's shot in the arm. You think you're going to get that shot in the arm from Saban now? That shot in the arm's got to come from somewhere. And, and it, for the record, I am a huge now Big Noon Kickoff fan. I've been watching the crap but out of that show. I, I, you need I think it's better, but I, I just I just like the it's nostalgia of college game. You know what I mean? I, I enjoy it for that, that but that, that show's I think it's, it's a better show. But see, if you put Saban in there, you're going you don't need all that, you know, dog and pony show stuff. We don't they needed a shot in the arm because honestly, they felt like they had to do something and Corso wasn't giving them the entertainment anymore because he's not capable of doing a full show, which is what it is. So let Saban come in there. You get a looser, more personality-driven Saban, and you get what you really want to hear, which is the X's and O's. I don't watch it to be entertained. I watch it to hear about the games and become a smarter football fan when I'm watching them the rest of the day. Here's here's the problem with what you're saying, just from a TV perspective. Guys like you are always going to watch. The casual fans are the ones they're trying to yep. draw in, and those are the ones that want to see the internet. But they're losing the me now. I, you've gotten me a little bit it's over the, than the other one. It's the old, uh, it's the old NASCAR thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, the the hardcore fans are going to watch. We want to bring in the ones that are on the fringe, right? We want to bring in those millions of people that thought about watching. You'll hate watch, but you're going to watch. Yeah. Hey, Fo- Will from Lawrenceville to, uh, won the Usher tickets, by the way. So there you go. Congrats. What man. else? Something else? Fox could uh, pay attention to that with their NASCAR covers, I think. They got a couple people that they're just catering to one audience and not the fringe. Um, coming up. We're going to do your little segment. In the life of Squid. <laughs> Speaking of college game day, Kirk Herbstreet set the college football world afire yesterday with some news that came out. And one quarterback in the draft has been compared to Brock Purdy. No, did I say Brock Purdy? It's not Brock Purdy. Joe Burrow. Coming up next. Yes. On the morning shift. I was going to say, oh, for that guy, he's not compared to Brock Purdy. That's great radio. the game, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know why I wrote down Brock Purdy. Yeah, Bring Atlanta sports and beyond. Fanning the globe to bring you the custom variety of sports. It's the game. Morning. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. It's time for a look back. Into the mind of Squid Billy. Hey, he might even talk sports. This is the life of Squid on the morning shift. Brought to you by Baron Burton's Breakfast Sauce. So good you'll want breakfast all day. Go to thebreakfastsauce.com or find a retailer near you.
That's right. A little breakfast sauce. A little breakfast sauce, too. Maybe some fire shire, Robbie, for you. Fire shire. W sauce for me. I'm an OG guy myself. There's some There's some guys in this Daytona trip that are expecting some W sauce hookup from Squid Billy. You better be able to deliver. Them. What do they want? I can't hook enough, but I can give a couple. Some original, some some breakfast sauce. Okay, we might be able to, I mean, how many people are we talking? Uh, five. We're getting expensive now. Well, look, man. You I'm talk a big game. I might be paying my uh, my way in W sauce. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Probably listen. You can barter uh, barter a bottle of W for a twelve pack. Well, when there. the currency collapses, bartering will be a thing. Or they could go to Publix. But you know what? For my new friends, I'll take care of them. Just gonna need orders in, and uh, we, we can't get too crazy. Or I'll be going to Publix. All right. Where you guys want to start? I think we'll start with the news that really took off yesterday, and uh, it was that of Dylan Rayola's Rayola, how you want to say it. Don't matter. He, wow. He ain't going here anyways. Um, his dad goes on a rival show with Adam Gorney, and he's talking about the recruitment, and there was uh, a major college football name that apparently found his way into the decision-making process. Let's go ahead and hear from uh, Rayola's dad. We'll say, bring up one guy's name. His name's Kirk Herbstreet. He saw the smoke uh, about Dylan entertaining Nebraska. He was like, called me. He said, dude, is this true? He got to do it. You know, he got to do it. He, he, his affinity for Nebraska, uh, for a guy like that to tell me and to, you know, get behind me. Like I knew, I knew he needed to do it, but I wasn't going to sit here and say, you need to go change that place or be a part of the change at that place. So when Kirk told me that, you know, I was like, man, you know, this is, I've had people reach out, other coaches reach out, reach out to me and say, look, the, the place is special. Coach rules a special leader. Wow. Massively, massively, massively inappropriate. You think I so? Think, oh, with Herb Street? Yeah. Why inappropriate? Well, look what he does. He's on the other side. I just think uh, that's... I don't think he needs to be involved. It's unfortunate. I don't know if inappropriate is the word. Well, I, I think... I, I have a... Viscerally, from my gut, I just have a problem with it. I, I it just, I, it just... I don't disagree with Rob. I think Rob's on to something. You're supposed to be kind of impartial, but just think about this. When they do their picks, if he's broadcasting that game, well, I'm, I have to sit this one out. He never, he never does a pick for that particular game. Oh, but he doesn't draw the line there, steering guys to places. It, Not that he's benefiting monetarily from it, but I just well, I just seems a little. Uh. It, it 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 does come off. He gets very self righteous when he won't make his picks, or t- you know he'll he'll break down the game, won't do predictions. But then, which but then when it comes, I don't think that I don't think that's his choice. Well, uh, I think it's his choice. I think ESPN tells him not to. I, I don't. I, I actually don't. I, I don't think ESPN cares. Um, but I'll tell you this, the fact that he, when you're involved in the decision-making of a player, whether whether anyone wants to admit it or not, you know, when you think of college football, he has become one of the biggest names in the sport. And he's one of the more influential people. A lot of things, people, opinions that people form are based on his and what he says during games, on that desk. And when you're a 17-year-old kid, being recruited, and, and you you see a guy you've grown up watching on TV talking about it, and is considered one of the the most knowledgeable people about the sport, and he's sitting there feeding you that. 
Uh, I would be a little upset if I was a Georgia fan. I'm going to play devil's advocate against myself, though. Isn't college football better if Miami rises back to prominence that, that's than Nebraska That's what I think, what I think well, Enhancing was. the brand. I, I don't think there's anybody in, in, in college football media that is more in love with the nostalgia around college football than Kirk Herbstreit. His dad so, played at Ohio State. There's no doubt. It, it just – I don't. I, I just don't have a huge problem with it, man. If, if Desmond Howard had called Najee Harris and said, "Hey, I think you need to go to Michigan," like, okay. But but hold on a second. And I'm sure Desmond Howard has helped with recruiting. All right. I, um, I I'm sure he has. I'm sure he's called. You know, he's been a part, or he's been at those. He's talked to guys. The fact of the matter is, that you can't. Desmond Howard's impact on college football and Kirk Herbstreit's they are not the same. Kirk Herbstreit is the yeah, number that's one. That's not to the detriment of Kirk having an opinion on where Rayola. You can't say, you, can hey, ha- you know what, I'm more famous than, than Desmond on. Howard, the Heisman winner, so I shouldn't be but able to you call his dad privately You don't see the Well, I'm sure Herbstreit's not happy this is out, but you don't see the difference in saying on TV, I think the kid should go to Nebraska, and then calling the guy. And there are there are there's things where I know he was um, – the, the Herbstreit was taught to him. There's supposedly footage where he talked to him at a Georgia game. Uh, the uh, Dylan, and obviously he called Dominic the father, but it, it's the part where he he talked to him, and now you put that into question. And now anytime if I'm if I'm a coach, and I have Herb Street at my game, and I got recruits, I'm going to tell someone don't let him near our recruits because I don't know what the conversation is. But that's the Come that's on, the problem man. with this. It's you, such an overreaction. You don't say let that Herb Street near our recruits. Hey. Let me ask you. Are you serious? This is, dude, the negative recruiting that happens and the way these coaches are so wild. We don't want game day in town anymore. I don't know what Herb Street's going to be doing. (laughs) Have you ever? (laughs) I'm sure you're thinking you're both right. It's not not about I'm having an inner debate about both. But that's how these these coaches won't let you go there and take pictures or film stuff. I don't want that getting out. So you think think they're not already looking in the back? The, the, The way this industry, the way this sport, has been transformed. This is actually a big deal. With the NIL portal, NIL deals, the transfer portals, this is not a, oh, no big deal anymore. It's a big deal now. It really is. I, just, I don't see – you're basically saying because of who he is and his presence that he's not allowed to have an opinion on what his friend's kid should do. Well, I don't think they're friends. I don't know that they're friends. I've never heard that they're if friends. If he's the able first, to call down at Rayola and, and – Well, hell, I got lots of people I can call that aren't friends – I mean that doesn't mean anything. It just I, I just I, I have a hard time thinking it's that big of a deal. I I, I I think it's probably unfortunate to him that it got out, but I, I just have to imagine having heard from Kirk, uh, Kirk Herbstreit over the years. I have to imagine the conversation went like, how special would it be if he went to Nebraska and resurrected that program? Look, I think that would be special. That's I, one of my things too. Bring back those old brands because the more prominent teams. It makes it a lot more interesting on in the landscape. That, I know that there are. And I agree with Squid, too. I'm so torn on this. And the be-all, end-all, I don't think it was the determining factor or the deciding factor. I think the money was, which I think he got, which is kind of there's another thing sure. that came out of the story earlier. And Herb Street didn't benefit himself from doing it. No, but I, I just think that this is a big deal. And there are going to be people who have a issue with this because it looks different. You've been lo- one of them, it, obviously. It lo- well, I mean, look, Georgia loses a player. doesn't bother me. I mean, Georgia's not – Poor because they're getting D- Dylan Rayola there. I mean, they they are still loaded, and it starts with the guy that's driving the Lamborghini right now up there. But the fact of the matter is, is this is a bad look for Kirk Herbstreit, a very bad look. Doesn't the, the, the doesn't Carson Beck have an NIL deal with uh, Aaron Murray's uh, company? Isn't that a thing? 
I didn't know Aaron Murray had a company, so I don't know. Just, it, I, I don't know, man. I'm having a hard time thinking it's a big deal. I really am. Let Kirk Herbstreit do what he wants to do in his own free time and talk to whoever he wants to. There's so many people trying to influence these recruits nowadays. I'm not going to put Kirk Herbstreit in a, in a category. You're right. It's, there are so many people trying to do it. Why are you adding yourself into that mix? Why can't? It's a personal conversation for the love. Oh, well, if you well not anymore. It's, school, it's, it's public now. Not hey. anymore. Well, maybe you should have said, hey, you keep this just, just between you and I. Like, maybe please don't did. say anything. Maybe he did. Well, maybe he didn't think he had to. I guess he just lost a friend. I wouldn't have thought it would have been people would have been this up in arms about it. This hour brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. Go to MarkSpain.com. Get a guaranteed offer on your home today. Going to come back, hand it off to the uh, Steakhouse Steak and Sandra, waiting in earnest to take these airwaves. Sports Radio, 929 The Game. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.